Hello, bonjour, welcome and bienvenue to the Football Well English podcast. I'm your host, Liam, and once again this week, I'm joined by Tom. Hello, everyone. And George. Hello. In this episode, we'll be giving a very honest review of what was probably what I'd call a disappointing result. Maybe if we weren't keeping it PG, there'd be some expletives involved in the result against Lille previewing the must-win clash against Monaco after that result against Lille and looking away from football this season and into next season we'll be discussing our candidates and our ideal players for the OL captain going into next season with Memphis set to depart for Pasture's new next season. So looking at the then and now with the recent match against Lille on Sunday night, Lyon were in action against title rivals as Lille were sitting on top of the table. Well, they weren't on top of the table as the game stood, but with three points, they would have gone back on top and eventually that's what happened. Well, we're 2-0 up after 40 minutes, looked very comfortable. Flamani scored as well as an own goal. And then Lyon being Lyon managed to let one in before half-time, so it was 2-1 going into the break. And then before you know it, 90 minutes have passed and Leon's hopes of the title pretty much dwindled before our eyes and lost the match 3-2. So this isn't the most pleasant thing to be talking about. I'm sure if we'd have done this after the game, we'd have um, we'd have struggled to keep things professional. Indeed. But we've we've um we've had what four days since the match now to let things brew over and probably see the situation a bit more rationally <laughs> so I know we were all disappointed and I'd have said embarrassed after the game but coming to you first George how poor was that collapse I was right my prediction was not right but the the, I mean, the, the, win, the victor was right you don't need I to sound too happy I know but I'm just saying I knew this was coming we knew it we knew it with this game management you knew it was going to happen so, okay, obviously I'm not particularly happy, but I'm like, six shots, shot parlay. It's the same every time. Bad game management. This was game management, bad game management 101. Terrible from start to end. And it made it worse by the end of it. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. At this point, rip the Band-Aid off. Let's go. This next game is going to be bad, but... This we need to rip the band-aid. This was terrible. After the 40th minute, they just looked like they were just like, they, I guess they put the foot off gas, which is terrible. But man, the, the game management from start to end was just bad. Obviously, it was a little weird to see Deshiglio as a center back, so I kind of like, eh. but some of the moves were just like, eh, did not, I did not particularly like it. So for me. That poor that was that was terrible. And obviously some decisions were really bad from some of the players and the coaching staff of Garcia. So I'm gonna leave it that way because it's PG, but that's the best I can put it for. <laughs> I mean, talking about the game and the collapse, I know you weren't too impressed after the game, Tom. You you made that clear in the group chat. Um now that you've had time to think about it, uh what do you think was responsible for that collapse. I mean, I wake up at night thinking of Rudy Garcia. I don't know how bad that is, but <laughs> I think 
I I've got PTSD say, now. Salts, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, if only, if only, I, I wouldn't be waking up. I'd be dreaming the rest of the night. He's the, probably the only. <laughs> he's probably the only highlight. Um, what caused? I don't know. I think uh, you mentioned it. You know, poor management. Um, I've got a few books behind me that talk about tactics, and I think I could send a few to put Leon um, because there's some pretty bad stuff going on on that pitch. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you take the 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 last goal from Yilmaz. Um, it's I think overall I think there's a lot of individual mistakes for sure. Like Yilmaz um, wins the header so easily, and is already in the first place. Very poor, like, management of the offside. Like, Marcelo's 20 miles into his own half by himself. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just, you know, a lot of individual mistakes. Um, but overall, I think it's just something that we do a lot. And I think PSG fans will probably relate with their performance in the Champions League this week is just putting, taking the foot off the gas and just, yeah, just letting go. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Leon had the foot on the gas in the first place, but at no, this point they just true. lost the pedal. I, I think they just were just like, "Where the hell's the pedal to push?" Um, so, and once you know, Lille is not. If you look at Monaco, you look at PSG, at their prime, both of those teams are better than Lille. I think there's no doubt about it. But yeah. I think Lille are more regular without being impressive. Like, if you take all the European teams, the best ones that are playing well, um, Lille is not the one that's going to stand out. No. You know, you're thinking of the likes of Barcelona, who obviously have been pretty poor tonight, but Barcelona, <laughs> Manchester City. Um, Man United. You know, Ibar play good football, but they're going to get relegated. Uh, relegated. But apparently Burnley played football. better, and they and it's Sean Dyche. Yeah, exactly. He scored four um, goals. It's... It's an interesting way of playing football in Burnley, but that's, that's a whole other debate. Um, but, you know, Lille is not impressive football, but it's efficient. And I think in the 21st century, in the football we live in at the moment, that's what you need. At the end of the game, yes, we'd like to play amazing football and have Pep Guardiola as a manager. But with Lyon, like our best player in the final eight was Maxwell Cornet. So just, you know, be realistic on what our chances of having that kind of manager. Yes, you know, we'll have that chat about the manager later on in the season, Deserby and so on. But at this point of the season, you need a manager that gets you results. I don't yes, I you know, I'd love for us to play amazing football, but at this point you're winning 2-0. You've got Toko Kambu who's not efficient in front of goal yet again. And you know what? We just, you know, Forget where the gas is, and it's, it's just loses it. I'm I'm not still fuming, but it's it's just frustrating. I think yeah. I, I said this on Monday. I've followed the club for 15 years, and it's when you hope the most that you are the most disappointed. And I've been yeah. truly let down on Sunday. See, can I, I think... disagree? Can I say something about that though? I was already off of the Garcia out and the hopes of a title thing long before. So with it's us, not even like, title hopes. It's, it's not, not even title hopes. hopes. It's just it's top three. I don't. I don't think Bar this conversation. The rest of the season, that game, we have to win that game. I don't care about the rest of the season. 
I don't particularly like Lil, even though I'm born there. I was just like, these are the type of games that win you spots in a Champions League, yeah. that win you whatever. You need to win those games to go somewhere. Whether you lose all four last games, you have to win when you're winning 2-0. That's just oh, the blind of it. But I mean, this is Garcia we're talking about. We're trusting Garcia to push us it, over the line for I our I trust targets. the players. That's the one thing I would say. It's okay to say Garcia this, Garcia that. And I mean, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan. I've made that known. But at the end of the day, he's only responsible for so much. You've got to look at the players' continuous. I wouldn't want to say failure, but when you look at the recent games particularly the last two, Monaco and Lille, the fact in the first half, Lyon could have been 3-0 up against Monaco. And then in the first half against Lille, they were 2-0 up. To then come see three in the second half. And Tom's just talked about Lille. Lille are not exactly the most attractive side to watch, but they get results. They're efficient and they're consistent, which... For Leon, they're inefficient in front of goal, probably the most inefficient in Europe at present, inconsistent, and try to play nice football. But Rudy Garcia is not known for playing attractive football. So when you've got those three things combining together with the players we've got, I mean, again, Deshiglio had to play centre back, which showed that we didn't have the full strength back line. But even still, you should not be conceding he three was- goals. When you're two and, the, and if anything, I think De Shiglio was better than Marcelo. I was gonna say, according to Lakeep, and I agree too, he was better than Marcelo. I don't even think he was that bad at centre back, considering he wasn't a centre back. Centre back. Well, I'd agree with you. Again, we'll talk about tops and flops later. Exactly. Line. There you go. Yeah, but again, it's it's one of those. I must admit, if we're being honest, it's it's not good enough. It's not and. Again, I know George is very keen for this episode where we talk about the coaching situation and I'm sure as the season comes to a close, that's something that's going to look a bit more of a reality with the fact that the title is gone. I think you guys will agree with that. Six points, I think it is. Um, We're sat in fourth now, four points behind Monaco, so... Again, it's not over as you've got Monaco in your next game. So if you do beat Monaco, which again at the moment's looking not exactly the most promising, but again, we were talking about Monaco before this. Um, again, we'll talk about them later in this episode, but they're not an easy team to beat or even score past at the moment. But if you do beat Monaco, you are within one point of them. So looking at where we are, um, Forgetting where we were, but looking at where we are now, do you think Garcia would have taken that at this point of the season? I'm looking at Tom's face there. He's very... Um, we're recording on Zoom this week, so we get to see facial expressions, but Tom looks very confused there. I don't know. I mean, we finished seventh last year. Um, yeah. Well, with without the help of COVID, would we have finished seventh? I highly doubt it. Um, yes. I think at the start of the season, would Garcia would have signed on um, for this? Uh, if you take start of the season as in the first match day, we didn't have Paqueta. Um, no. He probably expected Howard to be leaving and a few other players. As well as Memphis. Memphis. Um, 
if you take it. So on that basis, he probably was like, Europa League is a realistic goal. You know, we're, we've got Toko Kambi and Kadawari up front. Um, we're going to be playing um, Young and Biwa as a cam. And, um, you know, it's, <laughs> you don't know what to expect. Did you just say but then if you take him? Yeah, as a central attacking <laughs> midfielder, I don't know. Um, but after you, everything's possible. Um, if if you take it at the <laughs> end of the transfer window, then you've gained Paqueta, you've kept your players. Yes, your squad is worse because the Shiglios come in, but <laughs> um, you didn't know that then. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, then he's probably thinking, you know what, Dashiga is going to be my next captain, and we're going to win the league. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's not quite worked out. So I think at the start of the season, at the end of the transfer window, we didn't start very well by then. But once Paqueta comes in, it's like, well, we have to aim for Champions League. That's in my contract. We've got one game a week, um, more or less, because we don't have any other competitions. Coupe de la Ligue doesn't exist anymore. Champions League and Europa League aren't being played. So we've got to aim for at least the Champions League. Um, at this stage in the season, I think realistically he knows players and himself have been at fault, especially in 2021. And realistically, we are where we should be. Uh, we're probably better than Marseille, let's be honest. So fourth seems realistic. Um, are we better yeah, than Lens? We're more regular than Lens. Um, are we better as a team? Don't worry about Ren. I'm not going to have to worry about Ren because yeah, Ren, Europa Conference. Ren are doing a lot better with our previous manager, um, which blows my mind. Um, but, you know, at this stage of the season, I think we're, we're where it should be. Um, depends a lot on Sunday. If we can show a bit of character on Sunday, then, yeah, I mean, maybe we deserve to be third. But at this stage, I'm fine with Europa League and who knows, you know, if we keep a good bunch of players and we recruit well this summer maybe we look for a good run in Europa League next year I don't know I mean but also think of it this way you might the potential team I'm saying potential because things can easily change you might have Juventus Milan you might have Liverpool you might have Real Sociedad and Real Betis so it's still not like it's not like Europa League it's not going to be easy was the third place team really, from the Champions yeah. League as well to drop like, into the knockout. True, but, but, but like just those initially, those are some big teams. Oh, and I forget. Europa Dortmund. League is never oh, at the an easy competition. It's, it's no. never is, and um, you know, likes of Ajax might drop back from the Champions League as well. Um, it's never an easy <laughs> competition, but we have you know, <laughs> yeah. Man United could go and win it, you know, especially after tonight. Um, but realistically, um, we have a squad that should be competing in the Champions League. We have the yeah. squad on paper to compete in the Champions League, like Juventus, like not Real Betis, but like Juventus, we should be competing in Champions League. We, we probably won't, so it gives us we're not we wouldn't be favorites, we would be an outsider. Um, so that's promising, I guess, in a sense. You take a positive out of the rest yeah. of what's happened. 
a very small positive considering we we should have been in Champions League when we were top at Christmas. But again, it's it's not over. We can but talk Milan, about that. We also, we also weren't expecting... We also weren't expecting... True, but we're not Milan. We also weren't expecting I'm Milan Monaco player, the to have football. the kind of season they're having right now. We were no, expecting Monaco. That, that, that was the big... I don't know if that's called the elephant of the room or like some kind of twist in the plot of this. We were expecting at least Lil PSG and Lyon to be top three. We weren't expecting Monaco because obviously initially they I were expected like, more of Monaco than Lille. Mm. To be honest, like I expected more of Monaco than Lille at the start of the season. I wasn't ex- I wasn't impressed by Jonathan David when he came in, and I thought the squad was pretty depleted. Um, well, Monaco, I, w- I was really prompt, you know, really excited by Kovac and so on. So, yes, they've outperformed. And we'll talk about them later on. Um, Monaco, I mean, Lille have outperformed as well. So, and PSG have underperformed. Um, so, where does that leave us? Middle. No, underperformed. Lille have underperformed. We overperformed in 2020 and then underperformed in 2021. Yeah. And yeah. the, it's plateaued out and that's coming that's to fall. Yeah. But, but compared yeah. to last season, we overperformed compared to last season. Yeah, I mean, even still, it's not the best of improvement. I think this is where you would have seen us finish there and about so season fourth or fifth. But again, it's 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 one of those things. But before we move on to Monaco, uh, again, it's one of those games where no one really covered themselves in glory. But I'm sure there's one man that Tom wants to talk about. There's actually um, a couple there was a couple, I must admit, but there was one man who stood stood out for me, and I'll I'll let Tom take the thoughts out of my head and duplicate that into words. Matcha de Shiglio. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maxos Kakre. <laughs> it had to be Maxos Kakre. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Shiglio not taking anything back from him. Actually, you said earlier you yeah, had a good game. Um, arguably a lot better than Denier and Marcelo. Um, not denier, uh, Marcelo. Marcelo. Um, but no, Max Nascacre was was immense, and uh, just like the PSG game recently, where he was the only player on the pitch, um, he keeps on thriving under pressure, and you know he's showing a lot more quality than we expected him on the ball at least. Uh, defensively, we would never, you know, not quite surprised anymore. It feels like um, we we just. I think the only thing that we're surprised by is the lack of playing time he's had this season. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, the biggest surprise. Um, but that's another management thing, and we won't get into that again. But just hats off to him because at 21, he's doing things that Kante wasn't doing at his age. Yeah. I mean, um, he's 21. Yeah. Like, I'm 22, and I'm, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, we're following the Leon podcast. <laughs> Don't make you any sadder. Um, <laughs> um, no, I've obviously, you know, love the guy. I'm not going to, we can't compare him to a World Cup winner. No. Um, no, but he has the potential to become, and that's where big players separate themselves from promising players. Yeah. And so now with playing time and a bigger role uh, next season, hopefully then maybe he gets more playing time and grows into the man we expect him to be. Um, yeah. 
yeah, maybe he gets a bit more physical as well. Uh, we can tell that when he's going up for a header, he, he's jumping like a crayon, which always makes me laugh. He just jumps like up. Like a pencil, yeah. Yeah, like a big yeah. pencil. A coloring pencil. A coloring yeah. pencil. A big old coloring pencil. And he always heads the ball upwards. It's never like, he's never getting any jump or anything on it. Um, so maybe his, you know, physicality improves, but he doesn't really need it. Like he's making interceptions that nobody expects him to make and rarely loses the ball when he's on it. Um, you know, on a one-on-one, he's going for a tackle. He's going to win that tackle. You don't know how, but he is. So I will shout him out. And obviously there's some other good players on that pitch. Some very poor players as well. But the Shiglia and Macron Skakre, I think, are the only two that really stood out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the Shiglia's biggest fan in him. On this podcast, I've um, took into the cleaners, you could say, but credit where credit's due. He was the best defender. That yeah, he was the best defender, and other than Kakare, he was probably Leon's best performer. Um, before we move on to flops, uh, a quick word on Slomani. I must say, he's um, he led the line a lot, more, a, a lot better, and I was calling for some output from him and. We saw that. Do you still think you can get the 10 goals, George? No. <laughs> but in a serious note, we, uh, we saw something from him, right? Something that we've been waiting to see. It was probably his better performances. Probably his best performance. One of yeah. his best performances, excuse me. The Jack Steele was the best as well. So Yes. There's a big miss before his goal. There is, but so, at least he put the ball in the back of there. Although saying that, if he'd have scored that chance, would have taken a point away from the game. Yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest of chances, let's be honest. Like No, but again, it's not the first there. time he's missed a big chance. No, no, for sure. But he, he, at least he scored that second big chance. and It was quite a good goal as well. So, um, hats off to him, I guess. Um, I you know, said it from the week we recorded the podcast on transfers about how I thought he was going to bring a lot of grit and energy to the team. And I think he has. I, I, I can see you, George, you know, wincing and so on. He's brought grit. I don't think he's brought material and end product, but I've not seen someone um, run that much on the pitch apart from you know who, um, because I'm not going to mention this game. Exactly. Um, I've not seen someone run that much on a pitch apart from those two in years. And I've seen a lot of, you know, <laughs> running midfielders in my time in Lyon. I mean, it's fair that the, the end product hasn't been the best, but now that he's getting a bit of run of games in the team, hopefully the goals will come. Obviously, you're not going to be think, in the, the biggest of confidence. Can. I think you can, like, to an extent, obviously, this player I'm going to mention has a lot end, more end product, but Cavani was missing a lot of chances in Paris as well, was doing just as much of running. Like, Cavani was always the first one defending. And, yes, he's got 200 goals for Paris, and I don't see um, Soleimani getting 200 goals for Lyon anytime soon. But, you know, it, it feels like maybe if he did a tiny bit less running and was just a bit more focused and, you know, energised in the box. Maybe he might be doing better on the ball. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. you can't take away the fact he runs. Yeah, you need need those sorts of players in your team if you want to be successful. Um, Again, flops. Ruby Garcia, once again. Um, 
in terms of players, I think the one player that Lucas Paqueta probably was at fault for one of those goals, and it was a it was a glaring mistake. But considering <laughs> what he's given us this season, obviously mistakes and mistakes and mistakes cost you in big football matches. But without him, we would be in the gutter. But I think it's fair to say Paquetta's probably got to be in the flop probably for the first time in a long time. But any other shouts? I don't think so. Can I say something about Paquetta, though? I feel like him leaving right after that thing really shot his confidence because he wanted to prove, like, make up for it. That was poor management. That Um, was bad. For context, Paqueta was in tears after the game show. That shows the connection that he's built with the fans and there hasn't even been fans in the stadium and that he loves the club and he felt that he was at fault for, again, what was one of the biggest games of the season and Leon's downfall. But again, there was much more to the game than a Lucas Paqueta mistake that cost us. The overall team performance wasn't good enough. As I said, mistakes do cost you. But you can't just put that down to one mistake. You know, I'm going to put a flop and it's going to be the obvious one. Marcelo. I've loved you, buddy. But ever since you got that contract extension, you've just been going downhill. I don't know, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Ever since his contract extension, he just hasn't been playing the same. I mean, in, in those nonsense. two games, we have played Monaco and Leo. Um, I will say that in that both the, I'm not yeah. yeah but again we did win that game I don't think he had a terrible game against Null but in those two games where you've probably singled him out as not being at his best when Jonathan David and Burakim <laughs> has a scoring on counter-attacks and Marcelo's left to lead a line with Mattia de Shiglio, and De Shiglio's natural position isn't a centre-back, so he's trying to get everyone in line, but he's got to worry about runners in behind and then runners from midfield and attacking overloads in his area. It's something that maybe you've got to give him a little less slack on. I'm sorry, but that's basic defending one-on-one on that third goal. He could have put it, Yilmaz offside. And it would have been Yeah, easy. but as a centre-back, I can tell you it's not easy. And no. I play grassroots football and he plays top professional, so uh, it's not easy. Um, you know, if you if you go on the, you know, ever since, you know, ever since we started a podcast, we've been terrible. So that goes back again. Um, <laughs> um, I will also Do we want to be known as that? Do we want to be the ones that are like... No, no, really not. Exactly. Um, I also want to shout out the main ice cream man we've got at the club, Mr. Leo Dubois, who's spending more time at his shop than in training. I have never seen someone so unfit at a professional level. Like, he is crying pretty much on the side of the pitch after running 50 metres. I've just... I, I'm fed up with him. Like, I've defended him a lot. Um, here's the funny, here's the funny thing. <laughs> we keep gave him a six. See, you know, I'm... Keep don't watch the games. Like, like keep don't watch the games. It's like Sofa I'm... Score. Sofa <laughs> Score gave Kante a five. And I was just like, Kante was the best player in Champions League on Tuesday, and he gave him a five. Same, like, keep don't watch the games. You can't base stuff on that. 
for me with Dubois, I'm I'm still not convinced that the criticisms worthy. Um, Technically, he's good on the ball. I'll give him that. But defensively and physically, I don't know. He covers a lot lot of metres. He does cover a lot of metres in attacking positions. He's always forwards. Maybe that does leave you wanting a little bit defensively. But again, I don't think his defensive contribution is as bad as some people make out. I think because our full-backs aren't world-class or it's one of the areas of the team that probably needs strengthening. Dubois sometimes used as a scapegoat, but I must admit he didn't have a great game against Lille. But, but again, a, saying that, only a couple uh, of players did. I have a question then. Like, shouldn't he be, like, is he that unfit? Like, what are Your the physicians is. doing to, like... He's always like, being subbed. Like, be every game. Able to play well, but we've got five substitutes this season. I think that's understandable. He's got a 50% chance of being subbed if you go on the basis that there's 10 players on the pitch. Well, yeah, he's making he's, five outfield substitutions. He always feels like one of the first ones, you just like Garcia. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a tactical thing, or well, with Rudy Garcia. To be replaced by the Shilio. I mean, hardly a tactical thing. Well, I know, but even still, in that sense, you've, you've got. Matteo De Chiglio sat on the bench on sixty thousand euros a week. If you're not going to use no, him, it's a complete waste. Bottom line is, if if you know that you can't end games because you're panting at the end of that run, which led to the goal, hey. um, just run less. Is that an overload of games, though? The yeah, probably. probably started. How many? He's probably been one of the most consistent starters in the team this season. Probably, but why don't you? I mean. If, as a player, you know your body, so first and foremost, you should know that you're a defender. And maybe more. making that extra run less and defend, you know, defending a result. I mean, I would have taken the two all draw <coughs> against Lille. Yeah, I mean, moving on, as Tom said there, looking at this game probably does decide the season. Next up in the league is Monaco, Leon six, four points behind in fourth. But with four games left to play, the four games after that are probably a bit kinder. This that. last run that we three games, sorry, that we've had in the last three matches. But again, it's this game is the one where you've got the opportunity to take points off teams above you to really influence things. So when I say must win. I mean, must win. So last time Leon played Monaco was, well, just over a week ago, where, again, as we spoke about earlier and in the last episode, Leon lost 2-0 and were the best team in the first half once again, but couldn't put two good halves of football together, which seems to be the same thing we're saying every week. So if Leon do have a chance of getting Champions League football, it's a win or nothing, right, George? Hmm? To get Champions League football, Leon have to win. If, oh, hold on, let me get the league on the table. I don't have it up in front of me. Hold on. Four points for Monaco third. Yeah. If Leon win, then it's 70 points to Monaco 71. I don't know if that really yeah. helps or anything like that, but. If we win, we might have a shot. Going on to the next section of the podcast, 
Batman Tom. Is it possible that Leon could win? It, it does feel very much complicated, to say the least. Yeah. Um, they, they've lost once <laughs> year, calendar year, that's the way you put yeah. it in English, uh, 2021 mm-hmm. against Strasbourg. Uh, very, very late on into the game. It was also the last time they conceded a goal all competitions since mid-February. Which just let that sink in. We're, we're pretty bad at scoring, and we're coming up against a very good defense. <laughs> just let that sink in. Okay, I think that's done. Um, then, <laughs> then you're coming up against Ben Yedder, who seems to be scoring goals every time he plays any of my teams: Manchester United, Leon, uh, any of the teams I like. Ben Yedder seems to be scoring. Yet when he plays for France. Don't know. Don't know where he is. Um, so, 18 goals this season, uh, knowing he's, over the last few weeks, has been playing a lot of chunks, small chunks of games. On the bench a lot. Yeah, on the bench a lot. Uh, mostly, I think, due to injuries, uh, but also tr- Kovac trying something else. Um, he's got a strike partner, Kevin Volland, who's on 15 goals as well. And it's just... You know, that's one of the best duos you've got in the league. Um, I think it's worth noting that Vaughan doesn't take penalties as well. I think he's the top goal scorer without penalties in the league yes, besides exactly. Mbappe or maybe even ahead of Mbappe. Um, how many assists does Vaughan have, you may ask? There you uh, go. Seven assists. Yeah. As well as Very five assists. So it just feels like it's those two up front. It feels like you know, Son and Kane in Liga. It really is that type of connection. Yeah. And you've got Jovetic uh, scoring goals as well. Jovetic, oh, yeah, he's out injured, I think, for this game. But yeah. um, he, he's, you know, you've got the prime of 2010s strikers in their mid-30s <laughs> playing at Monaco, and they're all really good. Don't we want to go and get, you know, Guisipo Rossi from, like... Middle of MLS. I don't know. It's just the prime of it all coming back. Um, Sofian Diop was someone I really like personally. I don't think he'll be moving from Monaco this summer, but possibly next summer. Uh, has seven goals. Had a very good performance against PSG um, a few weeks ago. I can't remember yeah. when that was. Uh, just after the Barcelona game. Um, and Golovin, who's, you know, is not a World Cup. Um, he's actually a pretty good player Um, I have a bit of an issue with his blonde highlights but that's about it otherwise he's a superb player he's got 4 goals and 8 assists he's been injured quite a bit this season but he is majestic so on that basis it's going to be difficult they've got very good players they've lost 7 times this season so that's to take into account but they've barely lost since like November it took a bit of time to get into the season, uh, but now they've you know practically won everything in 2021. And I said it a few weeks ago, they are still, they were my favourites for the title. Um, I think seeing the games they've got left to play, it seems difficult to catch up either PSG or Lille. Uh, uh, both, I mean, they might catch up one of the two because I think they've got a game against Lille um, not too long. No? Game against no, PSG, maybe? No, maybe not. No, they've all um, played. This is the last game between the top four. 
Devil. I'm terrible at this. They um, can play. Uh, it's Ren that would be the the. Okay, Ren. The, Ren, Ren would be the technically uh, in in the in the. But race. I understand that. But I mean, Ren play. I think PSG and Lil or or uh, PSG and Monaco. I forgot which yeah, but one. But what I mean is, of... there's no direct confrontation okay, for Monaco yeah. to catch up points. Okay. Um, so I don't see them catching up both teams. Maybe catching up on one of the teams, that's quite feasible, especially if they win on Sunday. Um, but yeah, they're going to be really difficult to beat. And we're going to need high tempo, high energy, lots of runs behind. Um, I don't know how they're going to set up because they really change. Kovac is a very intelligent manager and has played very deep against PSG, for example, but also a lot higher against the likes of Mess. Um, or Angers this weekend. So, I don't know what team to expect from Monaco, but it's definitely going to be a good one. And Lyon are going to have to step up from last week and show a bit of grit and that they actually want this. Otherwise, you know, just don't make us sad again. Just, you know, don't walk up onto the pitch, I guess. Just say, you know what, we don't feel like it. We're not going to win today. We, we're not going to disappoint the fans at least. We just make an open statement beforehand. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see two good halves of football for a change. Yeah, that's not happened in Lyon history since 2013. So, I don't well, know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, going on the basis that that's probably what we're going to need for this game. Have we got any um, score predictions before we move on to the final section? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we're just going to... just going for defeat. Yeah. I don't think we're going to do it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do it. That's that's the sad thing. It's, I'm not sure what the score is. But Liam, you got the score right last time, but the wrong victor. I got the wrong score, but I got the right victor. So I'm going to say we're not going to win. I'm sorry, but you know what? It is what it is. We're just, it's just that kind of part of the season that... I don't think we're gonna do it, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeling confident. Confident. Confident at all. So I would say three nil to Monaco. Right. Um. I on the basis that they have a very good defense, I wouldn't see Leon scoring either. Um. I don't think. I think we might pull something <laughs> out of the bag. Um. But I, I'm expecting a draw. To be honest, at, at best, um, being realistic here, um, I obviously don't hope for the defeat, but there's there's just in, inside of me just screaming like nil nil draw, and I would take a nil nil draw against Monaco at this stage of the season. Doesn't Not help the best result, end, but it's a point. Yeah. yeah, I can I can see. I'm not I'm not sure about a three nil defeat, but I'll go. My heart saying win, my head saying draw. Um, and your logic says draw. I'm gonna go win. I've, I've, okay. I've not. Ow! Ow! Slimani hat trick. No. One nil. One nil. Okay. This. Well, we've got everything. At least you know we've got a Leon win. We've got a draw. And Someone's gonna be right. Big. Someone's big. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the ref will call it off. I don't know. But moving on to 
a bit more of a lighter note. Maybe not. I was going to say positive note because it's not because it's Memphis is leaving, so <laughs> that's not positive. <laughs> to rub the salt into the wounds, that's not positive. But on a bit more of a, we like pain. We're Leon supporters. Let's be honest. On to the next section: positive, negative, whatever context you want to take it in. We're going to be talking about captains. So obviously, for context, it's likely that Memphis Depay leaves Leon. He's the current captain. Rudy Garcia gave him the captaincy. So it's going to be the job of whether it be George's dream and Rudy Garcia leaves, or again, if he has that feeling that he does <laughs> take him on, which it could take him on for an extra year, who knows, but the manager, the dressing room, and who knows, maybe Janino may have a six, the opportunity to appoint a new captain. So we're going to be taking the the shoes of the newer well manager or Garcia, Janino, the locker room, and making that decision. We did come up with a list of five realistic, five, six realistic captains before the episode. And then after that, we may have a couple of rogue shouts or who we'd like to see captain. But the five, six candidates that we had were Dubois, Lopez, Benaya, Marcelo, Kusamawa. And there was a there was a shout for Bruno as well. Whether all of us agreed on that isn't probably right, but there was shouts for Bruno as well. So coming to you guys based on that group of five or six, who do you see being given the captaincy going into the 2021-22 season? Come to you first. I'll, 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 I'll go first. I mean, just to explain some of the choices. So <laughs> is officially second captain? Do you mind vice captain. Yeah, vice captain. Um, Marcelo has been captain a few times. I think he's probably number three on the list. This season, he's been captain a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen Alwar be captain as well, but you know, we're we're going on the basis that he probably might leave. But there's a lot of captains ahead of him as well. Um, Jason Denio was captain uh, with Silvino, um, and I still think he's got that leadership spirit. Uh, I can't remember who else we've put in there. Bruno, Anthony Lopes. Uh, Bruno Bruno's captain with with the Olympic squad and was captain, I think, in Brazil, uh, to my knowledge, with club level. Lopez, I think, was captain with. He's been captain before. He's been captain before. And I don't have that much of an issue with that either. Uh, And Macdonald's Cacre has um, experience at youth international level. And, and think, Leon under 21s as well. Yeah, he was, was the under say. 21s captain. Yeah. So all have a bit of experience, obviously, at the higher level. Dubois was probably the one with the most experience as a captain because he was captain at Nantes as well. Nantes, yeah. Um, Denio had <clears throat> is you know had a fair share of, of captaincy in Leon as well. Lopez is probably the one with the most captaincy at the club. Um, but I think realistically it's going to pass down and Dubois might be the one. Uh, but then it depends on what happens to him next year, um, whether he stays, whether he leaves, whether he gets um, proper competition. 
Uh, I don't know if Dushinio is considered as proper competition, uh, but if you get someone better than Dush, uh, Dubois, does Dubois stay main captain knowing he's not going to play much? Um, you do point. see that, though. Like um, Marcelo uh, of Real Madrid doesn't play much, but he's still ahead of Benzema, for example, in captaincy. Yeah. Um, although he doesn't play. So, realistically, if, if we keep the same team as this year, minus Memphis, the logic would be Dubois becomes captain, um, which pains me to say it, but that's the way it is. Um, I, I think Denai would have been a good captain choice. Uh, has been, wasn't the best time of his career when Silvino was around, but I think he'd be a decent captain. Um, I don't think he's the most vocal, but he just transpires leadership and example, I guess. Um, so I, I'd give it to Denier. Um, I think we'll do the rogue shouts a bit later on, and you'll know who yeah. is my rogue shouts. But uh, yeah, I, I would give it to Denier. Realistically, I think it's going to be Dubois. What about you, George? Based on Tom's rationale there and the the group of six, well, seven, five, how many players you want to include, who would your, uh, your choice uh, be out of that group? Tom really stole my thunder because I was going to tell him, like, we have to assume, A, that all these players are going to stay for next season, and B, depending on if Garcia stays or if we get a new coach, what kind of philosophy he's talking about is that. Side note to that, I do have a pet peeve on captaincies. Maybe it's just a me thing, but hear me out on this. I don't like when they're giving the captaincy to someone just for the sake of staying put at a club, i.e., Nabil Fakir, Borussia Dortmund, for example, that did it with uh, Marco Royce when he was thinking about leaving. They gave him captaincy. That's just something I... I've been Delph. I don't... Aston Villa. I don't remember, like, <laughs> that didn't quite work out. True, but I mean, like, I just don't like... Like, that's my pet peeve. No, I get it. When it comes to captaincy, you have to earn it. Not because, oh, it's a political tactic to get you to stay put for one more season at a club. If you want to leave, leave. If you don't want to leave, great. We'll give you the captaincy, and if you're really, truly passionate, you would take that captaincy with honor and done it. Not just, oh, we want you to stay another year. Here's a captaincy. So on that note, no Alwar for me. No Dubois, because okay. depending on if we don't get Champions League, he might be thinking elsewhere, because Dubois is going to leave. Dubois is going to leave. Yeah, you never know. I don't see a world where Dubois leaves. Dubois but. is, is By the national you know, team starting. Coach. He's starting in the on, and he's... He's playing quite a bit with France. I don't see at what point it could be. It could be a national team like coach might push him. You never know. Anything can happen. I don't think Deschamps is in that in love with Dubois where he pushes him out of Lyon. But again, go on. He did it with Umtiti, but that's beside the point. Um, let's see here. Do, do, yeah, Umtiti's on a level, but Umtiti was on a level that Dubois not. As as a fan of Dubois, I'll even admit that. But go on. Talking about captaincies. Who... Titi's got a Dubois on each leg, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, getting to the point, who would your captain be out of that group? Marcelo. And shocker. Oh, right? surprise. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I would, like, the way I view him as a captain is a lot different. If anyone has any chance, look up Marcelo's article that he wrote. I think it's to The Athletic. Or the sports reporter, or something along those lines. The athletic. The way he has his backstory and the way he was growing up, and also talking about the Juventus game at the time, which was during the Juventus um, 
round of 16 second leg that he was talking about, it really opened my eyes to who he is as a person and he, how his leadership is. And it takes guts to admit you're wrong. And he did that to the fans, apologized them face to face, not through social media, face to face, apologize. And he's now in their good graces. That is something for me that holds a lot of weight that you're admitting something. Um, also, he can definitely be like Denaer can be a little shy, but Marcelo can definitely be vocal and help him out. They're like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich kind of a host. <laughs> so those are the kind of qualities I'm looking for. Someone that can like admit he's wrong when he's wrong, apologize for it, move forward with things and be able to motivate people. And he was a good motivator. Again, I, again, look at the, um, the uh, article that he wrote and the, the thing about that experience. And you'll see why I'm a big fan of Marcelo, the, the Leon defender. Uh, I think ultimately with Marcelo, he's first he's improved a lot in French. Uh, I will say that. You know, that he's, too. He's come out in interviews recently and said what we all thinking and that we were terrible and so on. <laughs> I think it might have been after the Monaco game. Yeah. Um, last week. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he's improved a lot and as a player, as an individual and. I can't. I don't have an issue with Marcelo being a captain. Very far from that. I think the denier is yes shy, uh, so maybe Marcelo's a better captain. Um, but if you're going on, you know, performances as well, maybe denier is inherently a better player. But again, you know, we we have to hope that he stays as well because that's not done yet. Um, contract extension's not there yet. The Euros are coming up. So who knows? Maybe Marcelo is the only one that's going to be left out of the, out of the list. <laughs> that's, that's a possibility. I mean, for my, who I see being given the captain, again, different to you guys, I can't see Marcelo being the only one on that list because the person I see being given the captain is Lopez. I think based on something that is taken into account when giving the captaincy to players is longevity. At the football club and if you look at the players mentioned in that list the one player who has longevity is Anthony Lopez so that's something well. yeah I mean again I'm not taking away from I think Lopez would be a good captain obviously he's got that mistake but players make mistakes he's got that mistake in him but he he leads his he leads his box well you can tell that players look to him he's not he's not someone that stays out of the limelight in terms of you know, if he's got an opinion, he'll express it. So, I think I will say this um, today. I think it's today or this week's France football. I think he's come out and said, you know, all the likes of Lacazette, Umtiti, Fakir, and so on have all moved on. And the interviewer asked him, you know, do you have any regrets on not moving? He's like, no, I'm devoted to the club. Obviously, take into account that he might not have had as good of propositions because I know I, I like Lopez, but I don't think can really aim a lot higher than Leon. Um, maybe a, a mid, you know, good good squad in the Premier League, I don't know. Um, but I don't think realistically he's, he could aim a lot higher for Leon. But inherently, he does love the club and he stayed on for many, many years. He was Verkut's um, substitute and then he became number one at a really young age and has grown as a player. And 
you know, he's had a very good seasons. I think two years ago was a very good season. Uh, has saved us a few times. You know, he, very important saves against Juventus uh, in the last eight. Um, so I don't have an issue with with Lopez. He's he's always the first one to speak out, uh, not against management necessarily, but he's always the one to say we've been terrible tonight yeah. or we've been There's really good. Wrong. And yeah. you hear him. You know, that's the advantage of not having fans in the stadium is you kind of hear him on the pitch and I think he's one of the loudest and most communicative players around um, so good shout as well I think all three choices would be pretty good I mean for me in terms of I see him being given the captaincy I think if we'll maybe move on to rogue shouts my rogue shout isn't not really a rogue shout because it's in that group of players but I want our to be given the captaincy, but again, I'm an our fanboy. The one one thing people say our hasn't got the personality, the one thing I say to that is what makes people think that our hasn't got the personality? I think when you see him, I don't think he is shy. There isn't something. He's definitely not shy on the football pitch. He might be. He might not be outspoken you know, in the media, but you don't need someone to be outspoken in the media. Looking at someone like Cesar Aspilicueta, for example, Maurice yeah, again, good captain. They, but... they say what they think. That's the thing. You don't again, see but when did... coming out. Well, say... I did say what he thought early on in the season. True. I don't want to train. True. He's not outspoken. He's not. He's not. He's not afraid to say what. He thinks, and he said, "Well, I, I don't want to go to Arsenal, so I'll stay for another season." And people may say his attitude hasn't been great this season. Maybe not. Maybe he's not deserving of a start on the um recent performances. But again, we talk about again. George said he don't like the best player at the club or the star player at the club being given the captaincy. But I think based on where with Memphis leaving. It is likely if you are going to convince Awa to stay, he gets given the captaincy. And he's been captain before. I think he's captain well. We're forgetting he's only 22. So That's what may... I mean also with, with personality. I think he's a bit young. I think if you're taking on the... I have no issue with Awa being captain, fundamentally. Um, I just think he leads more by example on the pitch. That's no problem with that. I think in terms of personality, someone like Marcelo, Lopez or Denai would be best suited. Again, if I was captain, fine by me. And he's respected in the changing room and he's always someone who's in that group. You know, we talked earlier in the season about the group of players that Rudy Garcia goes to as communicators to the rest of the team and he's part of that group. Um, I also think he's grown. I think that personality trait was not in him maybe a year ago. And the final eight has helped him, you know, becoming more confident in his abilities and say, you know, Guardiola really likes me and I think I'm a decent player and I can grow into this role. Um, and, you know, maybe that confidence obviously has not been helped by injuries this season, but a confidence always helps with captaincy. If he's going to be shy, I don't, you know, the shy I don't aspect, get where the shy comes from. I don't I think it's as a shy player. Past interviews, it's a lot of things. I think again, but of... do you need do you need to be saying, "Oh, we were absolutely terrible tonight"? No, in no, an no, interview no, to I be think... classed as a good captain. 
I think it wasn't just that. I think that's how people kind of base their their personality thing on players. Um, I think in terms of personality on the pitch, he's definitely grown. Like, I think in the past he might have been shying away. We've never. I don't. In my mind, I can't remember a full ninety minutes of Alvar being the central figure. I know that he's very good on certain bits. And yes, Man City is probably a very good ninety minutes. Um, Alvar has always been kind of the shadow of someone, Fakir or Memphis, and. I think the fact that he's not taking the reins of the team and taking the ball and going, okay, guys, you got to do this up until final eight. So this year, I'd have no issue with him being captain. Last year was another uh, another discussion. But 22, he's matured. He's a different player, a different personality, and he can do it. I just don't think he's the first choice. Well, I'd agree it's not the first choice, but again, I'm thinking... If George has just said players get given the captaincy if you want him to stay, if a new coach wants to build the team around our, is that used as a sweetener? Maybe, maybe, but I think I I kind of share that opinion with with George is that the captaincy should have been the way of of keeping a player if he wants to stay, then fine, give him captaincy. For me, with the captaincy, it's not it's a big thing. It is it. I mean, look at Jordan Henderson and you know Roy Keane, John Terry, Stephen Gerrard. Natural leaders. Great captains. But again, they grew into the role. Our last 22, so he's got the opportunity to do that. All those players I've just mentioned as well had an affinity with the football club that they played for. They'd either played there for a long time or were local to the football club. Again, that's something else that our has got. But um, we've spoke about Awa a little bit there. Um, not for me to continue. I could argue for Awa for six hours, but we know six episodes. Yeah. But going on to your shout, Tom, I think we know who it is. Um, you know what? I think when Bruno came in, I, I said directly that would have been an amazing captain eventually. Um, if he stays another season and you don't have the likes of Awa, Denier. Marcelo and so on, then I think Bruno can definitely grow into it. Um, I The rogue shout is Maxon Kakai, and I think that's not a big surprise. Shocker! Shocker. Um, but he's... Every time I was on the pitch, um, yes, he's had a few odd performances, but mostly he's always the one running the most. And I think in terms of leading by example, there's not many players who've been that consistent in terms of leading by example. Um, again, personality, I don't know the guy. Uh, I think he's close to Alwar in that sense. Um, he could, he, he does get respect. I think it's just because he's got less than, I think he's got less, he's definitely got less than 50 games for the club. Um so I don't see a captain at that age um, being being yes. that you know oh. being captain at that age without the lack with a lack of experience. So like you wouldn't see Ryan Shirky being captain either. Like let's be honest, no, definitely so, not. Um, Alwar on his end has got the experience, number of games, and so on. Um, Sorry, Kakray oh. doesn't have that, but you know you've had. 
players who've come in and had captaincy roles from a very, very young age. Um, Totti had a pretty young age. Um, Jordan Henderson wasn't very old when he became captain, but he was at the club for quite a while. He was 25 or something. Five? Yeah, so that's not very old. It's a lot older than Cancun, though, for sure. Um, it's only three years. It's not yeah, old. it's only three years, but three years of him playing Three years is a long time in football. Yeah, him playing regularly at the top level, which Cancun yeah. hasn't done yet. Um, Lorenzo Pellegrini at the moment at Roma has been captain at a very young age. Uh, so some have that inherent captaincy leadership thing. Some don't, and that's okay. So I think Kakwe can grow into a Leon captain. I don't think I think he's just too young and inexperienced to be one this year. Okay, sorry. So I just I was, as we're doing this, I knew there was an article about Marcelo. I finally got it. It's the Players Tribune. If I, yeah, I like were them. you guys, I would give a read of the article, and it gives you more of a backstory of Marcelo and why I think he would be the captain. Sorry to be distracted. I will answer your question. It was going to be Bruno G anyways, but I finally got the link. It's Players Tribune. I would suggest people to read it because it's actually very eye-opening and very open about Marcelo as a person. Just saying. Sorry. Didn't mean to be distracted. I just finally got the yeah. It took me 20 minutes to find it, but I finally got it. So why Bruno Gimalayish? Um, I think because he's obviously he has that kind of talent to be a captain. He actually guided Brazil to Olympic qualifications from the under 23s and has done a very good job for it. Obviously, it sucks because I don't think he's able to participate in the Tokyo Olympics. Because he's not of age, unless he's one of the three designated slots. If he was the no, captain, think, you'd think he'd be picked, right? I think there's um there's rules like the mm-hmm. the twenty one euros where they have yeah. to be at at the age when they start the qualifiers. There you okay, go. all right. So I mean, Guiri is twenty two, I think now. Yeah, twenty two. Right. I just wanted to make sure. Euros. So he'd be sure. eligible for the Olympics so, and okay. would guide his squad. Probably to victory, seeing the squad they have. Yeah, so he would definitely do it. It's definitely a, a thing. Is with Bruno is I think he's he's mostly captains. Apart from again, I don't know how much <laughs> captaincy he had um, in Brazil uh, at club level, but he's obviously been captain a lot um, at youth level for the internationals. Captaining a youth international team is not the it's same. Too, as it's like apples and oranges. But yeah, like. You know, the oldest player in your squad is going to be 22, 23. Yeah. And Leon, it's Lopez, sure. Marcelo, guys who've played hundreds and hundreds of minutes more than you. And I don't see him right away. Experience. I don't see him right away, but he has that tendency to be a captain in the future. Oh, I'm he sure he can be one. He has leadership qualities that I haven't seen. Really. And you, you see him in the interview recently with with um, with Juninho when they were announcing the kit and so on, the new one on. FIFA, um, which again, I think a good shout for the, the kids for next season. I will say this, Adidas, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> it's a good friend who's made the, 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 the kit as well, so please do. Um, no, I, I just, he's got that similarity in terms of, maybe not background, but you can see the similar traits to Juninho when they, they're face-to-face and He's, he's from day one. He spoke very good French and always wants to be integrated. And he's outspoken. 
you know, you, you can tell when he's sad, you can tell when he is not happy about certain things, and I think that's part of being a captain as well. So, um, I, I can't see Bruno growing into the role. I don't know if he can be next year either, but one day. It's it's a fair shout, I will admit. There's the experience there. <laughs> the one thing I'd say about Bruno is I don't know whether he will have the longevity at the club to become well, captain. Can I ask I like a throw no. can I ask like a curveball question then? What about Maxwell Corne? He's been in for us for a while. That's not a terrible shout. I'm not gonna say that Maxwell Corne is gonna be given the captaincy, but again, Garcia Garcia's got his group of communicators going into next season. Corne is a big voice in the dressing room. You saw that after the yeah. win against Santetien. To my knowledge, I think he's got quite a big role, if not, I wouldn't say captain, but he's definitely a big role in Ivory Coast. He could be, yeah, possibly so. He, he'll, he'll be one of the senior players in that squad playing at the level that he's played at, etc. And not many have gone this CV that many goals against Pep Guardiola. Like, let's be no. honest, that's, that's <laughs> a good reason to give him captaincy. Does it? In in realistic terms, that's not a terrible um a terrible shout out, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see it, but again, if a captain comes in, not a captain, a coach comes in next season that likes a group of players to be the I think Flexible. I think it's Mikel Arteta as a group of five captains. If someone like that comes into the to the squad and wants Corne to be a leader, which again I think he already does have. He's liked in the dressing room. He's a voice. People listen to him. Again, you could you you could see Maxwell Corne captain in Leon sometime soon. But I, again, that's not a bad shout, John. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'd, I actually like Maxwell Corne. The, his performances are iffy, but he can be very flexible. He can play yeah, attack can. and defense. He can be very flexible with things. You know, a good player to if have. Give him a proper role. Like yes. a role up front where he should be playing, then any manager coming in who knows what football works like knows that he's more of an attacking player um, and should be playing there. And if he is playing regularly there, I don't know, you know, we don't have that many wingers in this club. True. If you play him as a winger or as a number nine, which he's done very well this season. And also um, his longevity. Longevity. Thank you. Sorry. He's been around for what six, seven. six, six or seven years. Seven That's going into the shoe. In Lyon standards, that is old. A long time. A long yeah. time. Because usually it's two to three years. Yeah, but that's the same argument oh. as Lopez. And Lopez has more of that captaincy. True, so. but if you think of captaincy, it's hard for a captain of a goalkeeper to go out and talk to a ref than it is with a midfielder or a defender. Then that's, there's a difference between captain and leaders. Like, Lloris is a captain, and he's probably one of the best ones around, but he's not the first one to talk to the ref. You've got Harry Kane uh, talking to the ref, or you've got Emil Hoiberg. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think Harry Kane is a terrible captain, but go on. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, bottom line is, there's, you know, there's a difference between having one captain and having leaders. Leon yeah. have lacked leaders this season. You need leaders to win. One, <laughs> yeah, it's not because you've got one captain and the rest of the team is not a team of leaders. So whether he's a right back, a goalkeeper, 
a right mid or whatever. Um, the captain will be important in a team, but you need leaders around him to harass the ref or, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, before we finish the podcast, so for me, my, I think Lopez will be the captain, but who I want to be captain is our Tom. Yours um, is... I think who... Who will be captain is Leo Dubois. Yeah. Who I would like is Denier, and in an ideal world would be Max Oscarry. Yeah. George, Marcelo, um, and Bruno. <laughs> Actually, that's that's the case. Actually, yes, Marcelo is what I hope for. What I think will happen will be Leo Dubois. Right. But a throw uh, a curbside one will be Maxwell Cornet. I don't think that's. Worst shout, so we they're our captain. Yeah, on the we, podcast. we love you, Maxwell. Je t'aime Maxwell. Oh no, uh, <laughs> I have to throw that one in there, but um, yeah, we, we that's the captaincy covered. I mean, I'm sure it'll come to light later on who actually will be the captain. I mean, who knows in a crazy world, Memphis Depay may stay early, and that's wishful thinking, but. You never know. In a crazy world, Paqueta could be captain. I don't know. That's the kind of passion we need. There you go. It's, it's not the he's question. A great captain, but I think I, I'm sure he could be. It's great. not the question. It's not. Who knows? We don't even know what's going to happen next season. We don't even know what's going to happen this season. So if next year's manager is Stefano Pioli, Paqueta's not playing. I'm just saying. No. Like... Yeah. I, well, I don't think that will happen. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. another um, for a coach's episode, right? <laughs> Again, probably four weeks time you'll see a coaching episode. We we don't Maybe, we don't I mean, keep quiet. I I think we we probably will have to wait until the end of. Well, I don't know. It depends when Olas announces when we change manager. Yeah, maybe, June, maybe you see it in July. Stay <laughs> <laughs> <But> tuned. <laughs> even still, that's coming in the pipeline. Um, has anyone else got anything to add before we wrap ooh, the episode ooh, up? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I do. Okay. Let's talk about leads. No, no, actually, I think this came through within the next past 48 hours. Um, we keep reporting that the LFP is considering short, not shortening, but shortening the league from 20 teams to 18. So my question 16, to you. Well, that's no, 16. Well, the LFP wants And, and not halfway on 18. So it's 18. So I want to see what your thoughts are. Do you think that's a great decision considering if in the future, obviously with the new format that is going to be a little bit more games, and if we have less games in terms of League 1, we can move the Coupe de France out of midweek to a weekend. Could that benefit us in the future to have 18 instead of 20? Boom. Yes and no. It benefits Leon because they're going to be partaking in European football more likely than your teams like Metz, Strasbourg, Bordeaux, those sorts of teams that are within relegation zone and what now is mid-table. If you take two teams out, so at present that's Nantes and Dijon, obviously Dijon have gone, but if you take those two teams out, <laughs> they're a lot closer to relegation considering you keep the two guaranteed relegation spots in the relegation playoff format. It it condenses the league, which makes sense in terms of the competitive aspect and 
fitness, more rehabilitation. More, more money too. Mm, uh, no, there's less television. There's less television rights, so the money would possibly no, decrease, actually, but think... that's supplemented with um, Champions League. Yeah, it depends on how they work it out. Is it yeah. if they have less games, do they pay less money, or do in their mind, you know, keep it the same amount because it's going to be competitive? But counter argument to that, Bundesliga is not very competitive, and no. it's smaller than most leagues with eighteen teams. It's been smaller um, for a while, though, right? That's been the case in Bundesliga for the best part very long of time. Well, like, there you go. I mean, it's it's not just league and that are making this proposal. By the way, I think it's I think it's something that with the obviously we haven't spoken about the ESL on this pro, on this podcast, but with that whole debacle going on in football at the moment, the the whole idea of reform and the new Champions League reforms, and again the scrapping of cup competitions like the Coupe de la League. Teams, especially the top teams, are calling for a, a shortened league season to allow for longer rest periods in quotation marks, but also more money to be made from playing in extra Champions League games and who knows, an extended pre-season where they can make, make an extra three million quid playing in <laughs> Saudi Arabia or China or going over on a tour to again to the US or Canada those sorts of areas there that's something that's being looked at in football at the moment so there's arguments for it but again it's whether you want like to go it. into depth on them I, I think especially nowadays with the struggles that have hit French clubs Bordeaux is a very good example and if there's anyone from Bordeaux listening we are with you like Sincerely, I love the club and um, really hope you stay up. I don't think Jimmy Brion is showing the best example by napping on the side of the pitch, but um, I, you know, there's been some terrible, terrible stories in French football this year, and um, I think that takes a cake. by taking That's... two teams out um, means there's less money for those lower teams as well. Yeah, you, know, you take Dijon out of the equation. Um, they're probably pretty poor as well. If they're going to get less money by playing in second division than the first division, then that means even more bankruptcy. Um, so at this stage, no. In five, ten years when COVID and everyone recovers from it, if they do, um, maybe it's a plan of action, but football in five years will be very different. And we know that with the new Champions League reform. Yeah. So, um that's a discussion there. I don't think now is the best timing to do this. No, I'd agree on that too. Um, to keep things short and sweet, it's it's an argument to be had. But again, football will change in the next three or four years. And I guess when that comes to fruition later on, maybe in the next two or three years, it's probably a discussion point for them. Um, anything else to add or? No. I think, I think that's no, everything. It's going to be easy editing. This is a yeah, long episode. Switched, <coughs> what was we it? switched to um, Zoom this week for our recording, so just or trying out some Liam's gone for like an ASMR atmosphere. He's in pitch black <laughs> dark. These guys don't know I record podcasts always in this setting, but they can see oh. the video this time. <laughs> so, 
Again, considering we've discussed everything, cheers, guys. See you later. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.